and welcome back to another episode of the ATAR Nerds podcast. Today we have uh, Alvin with us, who's our physics lecturer and also head tutor here at Shoot Smart in Victoria. He graduated in 2016. Um, Alvin, welcome aboard, and maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and your university course. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me. Um, so, um, Alvin, I, I grew up here in Victoria. I went to like a, a public school near my house. Uh, I'm currently on study leave for university. I'm going back next semester, and I'm doing a bachelor of or a double degree science arts. Fantastic. Um, so the focus of today will really be looking at your kind of high school journey and, and how you found that, um, and then also transitioning to uni a little bit at the end. Yeah. Um, so could you tell us a little bit about your your high school experience, I guess? <coughs> yeah, so um, I, I found high school, uh, especially going into year 11 and year 12, a little bit concerning because... Uh, even though I, re- I really had really great friends and, and really uh, nice teachers, academically, I think my school really struggled a little bit. Um, the cohort ahead of mine, so when I was in year 11, the year 12s um, of that year did, did very poorly, and that was kind of uh, consistent with all the cohorts that we had previously. I think our average ATAR was like 50 or 60, um, and the year that I came into year 12, we were ranked like 400 out of 500 schools. And I think last year we were ranked 475th out of 500 schools. So it varies from year to year, but overall um, I was a bit concerned with our, our performance and I wondered how it would, it would um, impact my performance. Yeah, and that's probably something that's um, quite foreign to a lot of the people listening to this. Um, however, there will be some people who are listening and thinking, hey, that's me right now. Mm. Um, and I know that it can be a concern. So, so what were the things that you were most concerned about? Was it the actual effect on your ATAR and then therefore what you'd get into or, or was it something different? Uh, I think that one of the biggest challenges for me was um, I, I didn't know, like I, even though I uh, knew we didn't perform well academically, I was like, I'm just going to try my best. I'm going to study consistently and just see where I go. Um, and, you know, I put all my best effort in and I ended up doing quite well. But during the year, what I was unsure about was, okay, I know I'm doing well in my school, but how is my performance going to compare to someone who goes to a really good school? While I may, like, be, you know, pretty good over here, what if I go to, like, you know, a top, you know, school in Victoria with, like, all this funding and fantastic teachers? And what if I would be, like, average there or below average? So it was very hard for me to judge accurately, okay, what are my, um, like... What are my study scores going to be at the end of the year? What's my ATAR going to be at the end of the year? So it was very hard to judge that accurately just because I, I wasn't sure about how, how much I could um, compare myself to students outside of my own school. So, so is that uh, something that you worried about on like a day-to-day basis? Not necessarily or? on a day-to-day basis, but um, I was pretty forward-thinking in, in year 12. Like I, I made sure to finish everything by like September, October. Mm-hmm. I was always looking out for my SAC dates. Um, so it was something that would kind of be on my mind, you know, every, every now and again, yeah. Uh, do you think one of the biggest challenges for you was that fear of the unknown, or, or was it more so being in an, uh, in an environment where academia wasn't necessarily the biggest priority? Um, probably, probably the former. I think, um, I think that was the main challenge for me. Um, I think it was definitely a bit difficult being uh, in a place where... You know, we didn't do consistently that great um, with our scores. But I kind of had my own measures for that. Um, from the outset of year 11, like as soon as year 11 finished, I was like, okay, 
I know my school has this kind of history. I'm just going to start preparing as early as I possibly can. Um, but even in year 10, I kind of thought, oh, that, even in year 10, moving to year 11, I kind of thought that. I was just like, I'm going to take year 11 as like a practice year, um, rehearse, you know, the kind of routine and the kind of um, methods that I want to use in year 12. Um, so that when I come to year 12, I, I should be ready and hopefully we'll be able to do well. Yeah, so, so you've obviously done extremely well um, despite these difficulties. Mm. If there are people listening at the moment who are in a similar kind of situation, who are a bit uncertain about their schools and their rankings and whatever else, what's some of your advice? So, so you said to start early, yeah. um, but what other kind of strategies do you think they could implement themselves? Oh, there is a lot of great advice out there. Um, start early, like I said, definitely start early. Um, have a routine. Having a routine is really powerful. Um, and just, it can help you study consistently, which is really important. You know, you want to study consistently throughout the year. I think it's quite common for motivation to drop. You know, you're, you're really excited at the start of the year and you're like, this is the year I'm going to like do my best all the way through, try and stay motivated. But as the year rolls around, as it you know, goes through to March, to April, to June, July, and so on and so forth, that tends to waver a little bit. So just having um, a nice, strong routine established early on really just helps make sure that you, you study consistently, um, even if you're a little bit tired or even if you know, you're a little bit distracted, you just have that routine in place. So um, you just, yeah, you just push through, yeah. And so in terms of like independent learning, mm. um, do you think you did most of your study kind of at school or was it more kind of home-based or like how did you approach that? Yeah, um, so for me it was definitely uh, mostly independent. Mm -hmm. um, I I would always complain to like um, my girlfriend like, oh, I wish I could just stay at home and just work by myself <laughs> just because I preferred uh, working uh, kind of alone and doing my own thing. Um, there were definitely frustrations for me during year 12 where I felt like class time could have been used more effectively or, or that I would just work more effective and more efficiently by myself. Um, so I definitely worked very independently during year 12, yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's been a lot of talk recently in the media and, and in the news about the ATAR and the system in both Victoria and New South Wales. Um, and some of that almost criticism of the system has been looking at the impact that your school has on your results. Mm. And some people have been saying, well, you know, if you go through a school which isn't ranked that highly, mm. is it even possible to do well? Mm. Um, how would you respond to such claims or like such comments, considering that you have um, done extremely well and feel free to share your scores if you want to, you don't need to here. Yeah. Um, but what would you say to claims such as that? Um, I would definitely say they have a fantastic point. Um, going to a school that's ranked kind of low um, or below average does make things kind of exceptionally more challenging. Um, it's, it's odd to me because I, I feel like I've met um, you know, wonderful people at university and I've met wonderful people in my high school. Um, but at my high school, so many of my friends seem to doubt themselves. They say, oh, you know, I'm terrible at, terrible at maths. I can just never get the hang of it. Or, you know, I just struggle to write an English essay. Um, but in reality, I know that um, they're not, you know, somehow like, you know, dumb or anything like that. It's just that they haven't had the proper foundations like in year seven, year eight, year nine. And because they've missed, you know, the, that, that crucial kind of uh, like elementary, like foundational layer, like, you know, strong algebra skills or like strong, like analyzing skills or whatever um, when it comes to year 10 when it comes to year 11 year 12 they think that they're just not inherently good at these things when in reality the problem stretches 
um, much, much further back. And I definitely think that this is something that I tended to see a lot in my school. Um, in Year 7, Year 8, a lot of our best teachers in our school were kind of delegated to the more important years, Year 12, Year 11. So in Year 7, Year 8, our time, I don't think, at least during my, um, my time spent there or my cohort, wasn't as uh, effective as, as I think it could have been. Um, I, I know there were definitely a lot of students that struggled, a lot of students that fell behind and just um, never caught up. Where, um, yeah, and I think that's um, definitely one kind of big hardship you may experience if you go to one of these kind of like uh, below average schools, I guess. Um, so yeah, it, it can be challenging to like realize, okay, it's, it's, not, it's not me, I'm not like, you know, it's not like I can't inherently do this, it's more a problem that stretches further back than that, yeah. So for you, it's not even necessarily year 12 itself, but kind of a long way before yeah. that and the foundation. Yeah, knowledge. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I guess now that you teach yourself, um, teaching at, at Shoot Smart and lecturing for eight hundreds, has that impacted the way that you teach in your own teaching style and this is certainly putting you on the spot yeah. um but do you have any any thoughts on that uh like how has my own teaching style been influenced yeah yeah, yeah. so it's so your experiences at school mm. maybe being underrepresented or ah, underresourced. yeah yeah so um to an extent yeah it definitely has influenced my teaching style like um how how i like to learn is i actually like practicing teaching the concepts um and to give some background on that when I began year 12, like, I, I was like, okay, how can I spend my time most efficiently? Um, and I spent lots of time researching, okay, what are the best ways to learn? What are the best ways to, memorizing, uh, to memorize things? Um, so I did a lot of research just combing through, you know, internet articles, websites, all those things. Um, and I found that one of the best methods to teach you, to, to, to learn new things um, was to practice teaching it. So um, I did that, and um, that's kind of how I learn now. In terms of my teaching style, um, I definitely think that that has been influenced by my research about learning. Um, so, like for example, there's this um, learning method called um, Square, and I'll, I'll, I'll skip the, the details behind it. It's like S Q R R R. You can see it on Wikipedia. Um, but essentially, it's like a, a process of teaching where um, you try and survey like the general outline of what's going on. So you look at the subheadings, you know, the topic, and then you. You question things, so you know, like, oh, how does this work? Why does this work? Um, what is this? Or, and you just ask yourself questions to kind of, I don't know, better better remember it in your mind. Um, and then after you've done this, that kind of surveying and questioning stage, then you go and, and read things more thoroughly and, and review things um, and, and do practice questions. So in terms of my teaching, that, those are things that I definitely try and incorporate. I, I ask a lot of um, rhetorical questions in my class, like, oh, just think about this. Like, how does this work? What do you think is going on? Um, and then I kind of like reveal the answer and, and, and go into things more more in depth. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's something that basically anybody listening to this can take away. Mm -hmm. Something that literally every single student can do. Kind of questioning their yeah. own knowledge and trying to find a deeper kind of conceptual understanding of yeah. the content, not just rote learning, which yeah. as we know might not be that effective for long term knowledge, uh, but actually you know, questioning the concepts and, and going a little bit deeper. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, understanding the concept is by far one of the most important things when you're learning new content, not just having that kind of surface level um, grasp of it. Now, and do you think that philosophy has kind of helped you at all in your university studies? So through first year, for example, did you find yourself looking at the deeper concepts a little bit more? Yeah, definitely. Like at this point now, like having that experience from year 12, whenever I, whenever I try to learn new things, I try to make sure that I 
at, at its you know at its core, I understand what the concept is, what's going on, how everything works, um, rather than like I said earlier, just having that kind of like surface kind of level grasp on things. Yeah. You're listening to the ATAR Notes podcast. You've already transferred degrees, mm. um, so it's so a one year down. Could you just kind of speak us through the thought process behind mm. that, and maybe explain um, even the the transfer process? Yeah. Um, I, I know that a lot of students at the moment that be under a lot of pressure to choose yeah. their degrees and put in their preferences and so on. Mm. But as I'm sure you're aware, your first degree isn't necessarily your last one. Mm. So could you just kind of explain the process to you? Um, yeah, sure. So after year 12, uh, or as year 12 um, was approaching an end, obviously you have to select your courses. And like most year 12 students, I, I was hesitant and, and unsure about what direction I wanted to take in university. I knew I liked science, I knew I liked, you know, maths and, you know, just STEM in general, um, but I wasn't sure in particular about which course I wanted to do or where I wanted to do it. Um, so I think the best thing that you can do, which is what I ended up doing, was just doing a lot of research, looking up universities, looking up specific courses, um, and just kind of asking myself a lot of different questions like, you know, what am I interested in, what do I want to do? Um, I ended up looking at this really, really fantastic course um, called Science Advanced Global Challenges at Monash University. Um, and this is like a really brilliant course um, and my thinking was at the time that um, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to um, use STEM and, and apply that to um, like, you know, the espoused global challenges. So things like poverty, things like climate change, um, things like pollution. These were, these were all like really, really fascinating issues, um, really, th- issues that I found really fascinating. Um, and I was interested to become more informed about them because like to me, I thought, I thought understanding these things is like the first uh, first step towards effectively combating them. Um, so, so I ended that course, um, but after doing it through a year, we I, I realized the course actually had a, a, a much more of an entrepreneurship component to it. Um, so things like uh, enterprise focuses, um, active uh, what's it called, um, leadership skills, uh, mindfulness, all the, all these really valuable, um, fantastic skills. Um, but my, my inherent interest was still in, in learning more about, you know, the, the technical details and the complexities behind, you know, like I said earlier, like climate change and poverty and all, and all those sorts of things. Um, so my original uh, goal hasn't really changed. That's, that's still my, my main focus. Um, but I thought after a while that um, a course, a double degree in science arts would better equip me with the knowledge that I wanted to fulfill that original goal. Um, as opposed to global challenges, which which was uh, had it had a much stronger um, business focus to it than I anticipated. Yeah, and this is probably a good lesson to anybody listening that um, the transfer process isn't you know that onerous or that difficult. And just because you start you know, like arts, for example, doesn't mean you have to finish arts. You can always transfer. Yeah. So if you are feeling the pressure at the moment or, or feeling the pinch of uh, preferences coming up then just know that it's, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, so, Alvin, could you, could you even speak us through the transfer process? Like, like, what did you actually logistically have to do yeah. in order to transfer? So, logistically, I literally just Googled, like, um, Monash University uh, transfer process, yeah. <laughs> um, which I think is where everyone starts. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it took me to this website, and essentially, it's, it's just one website, and you, and you go through it very carefully, um, but there were times where I, I might read a description or, 
where I might fill in a certain box or a field and I'm like, oh, do I fill this in or do I not fill this in? Um, but yeah, overall, it was, it was quite an easy process. You just, you know, Google search and the link's right there. Um, all the information is pretty clearly presented. But even then, there were still some, you know, things that I was like, oh, do I, do I tell this or what, what is this question really asking? So if ever I was stuck, um, Monash, I can't remember what it's called, I think Monash Connect has this really great um, student service, so if you're ever confused or not sure about anything, you can just give them a give them a call and ask them the questions that you need to ask. Cool, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I guess to bring this back to your high school days, hmm. um, what are some of the biggest differences, if any, that you've noticed in kind of the learning environment or like even the social environment between yeah. uni, which is obviously like pretty vast with yeah. a lot of students, yeah. and your high school life? Mm. So probably two of the uh, most profound differences that I noticed was the first, um, the first being university is far more um, quickly paced than high school was. Um, the pace is much quicker. You tend to go through content uh, at a much faster rate. And that, that was definitely a challenge, um, just keeping up with you know, the, the raw amount of material. The second um, challenge that I guess I experienced um, was probably having a routine. Like, like I said earlier, I really value routines. I think they're um, really great. But unlike um, unlike high school, where you know class starts and classes start and end at the same time every day, university it felt like every day was was different. You know, like um, especially at the start of the year. You know, classes can begin at 8 a.m. or they can begin at 10 a.m. You might finish at 2 one day or you might finish at 6. So that variability uh, for me was, was definitely a challenge to overcome. Um, but over time, especially as the year kind of um, rolled around, I, I, think, I think I got that, began to get the hang of it a little bit. And do you think overall you prefer uni life or do you kind of miss the high school days as well? Um, both have their, their pros and cons. Like, I think it depends on the individual, like, whether you prefer high school or not. Um, as in, like, an educational institution, I think I prefer university. Uh, but one thing I do really miss about high school is just how easy it was to socialise. Like, um, I didn't appreciate then the value of just seeing everyone every day, which is definitely not the case at uni. You, you see people you, you don't really know that well. You don't really see um, good friends that frequently unless you travel with them or you have the same classes with them. Um, so I think socially high school is easier, but other than that, I think I prefer university. Yeah, I'm just going to tack on my own piece of advice here as well. Yeah. If you're currently in year 12, take photos. Because um, <laughs> I have no photos at all, basically, of my year 12 life. And, like, it's kind of something that I'd like to be able to look yeah. back on and, and remember <laughs> and even see, like, people's hairstyles or, like, what's changed from yeah. now. Um, so, yeah, like, take photos if you can. Uh, but, but, Alvin, thank you so much for, for your thoughts and for your insight. Um, for those who are kind of concerned about their school's ranking and what impact that will have on them, in the course notes, we will link a really, really good thread um, about basically the entire VCE system and the technical scores and what happens behind the scenes. Um, and hopefully that will allay some of your concerns and maybe uh, get over some, some myths about the current VCE system. Uh, but Alvin, just to finish this off, do you have any final thoughts to, to people in a similar situation to what you were or just um, general advice for those uh, doing the VC or the HSC at the moment? Um, don't give up. Um, be balanced, be healthy, try and balance everything as best you can. 
Um, be consistent. Uh, but yeah, don't don't give up. It's probably my biggest one. Don't give up. Fantastic advice <laughs> and probably a good place to finish this as well. Um, Alvin, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the ATAR Notes podcast. For more free resources, hit up atarnotes.com.